Somebody tell me, pop quiz, are you ready? Somebody tell me what we've been talking about for the past two weeks. Wisdom. Wisdom from God. And so the wisdom of God, and who is a good example of the wisdom of, wisdom of God given to them? Solomon. Man, Josh, he's on the boom. Hey, you're wanting a candy bar, aren't you? <laughs> the wisdom of God. And Solomon asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom, and God answered and gave him um, understanding heart, a hearing and listening heart. And so as he asked for a hearing and listening heart, God answered and gave him wisdom and understanding, but also gave him other benefits. He gave, gave him riches and honor follows with having wisdom of God. We talked about this last week, that with the wisdom of God, and even Wednesday night we talked about this, the wisdom of God is also the uh, hearing why is it important to have a hearing and listening heart is because it's hearing the Spirit's leading. The more we're led by the Spirit, not by our flesh, not by our natural understanding or knowledge, as we are led by the Spirit, we will be led into wisdom. So that's why it's important for us to have a hearing and listening heart. Solomon asked for a hearing and listening heart. But let me tell you something in warning. When you ask for wisdom and you begin to have a hearing and listening heart, Riches and honor will follow. Now, if that scares any of you off, that's fine. You can just pass it right along to me. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure most of you would be ready to receive that. Anybody else want that in your life? But that's a benefit. That's not what we go after. That is a benefit, a side benefit of having the blessing and honor of God. Having uh, riches and honor is a benefit of having wisdom and understanding in our lives and being and having, having a hearing and listening heart to what the Spirit is telling us. Amen? So we're going to start out today, and this is going to be the final um, part three of uh, the series on wisdom. I don't think that we're going to continue this because next week's going to be our, our uh, Apostle Gene and Sherry May will be here, so um, there will be a new series after that. But we're going to continue and wrap this up today on the thing of wisdom. Have you had a new desire? Have any of you asked, had situations come up this past week or two weeks that you've asked for wisdom that you didn't think about it before, but you're asking God for wisdom and understanding in areas of your life? Come on, raise your hand. Need to see a show of hands. Come on. And so there's a new realization, a new revelation of who Jesus is and that he desires. It said it pleased the Lord that Solomon asked for wisdom. So, He's, he's, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So does it please him today? Come on. It pleases him today, just like it did then, for us to ask for wisdom and understanding. Let's look as we open up and start here. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, But to him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. Now Christ has become wisdom for us from God. So as we partake of communion like we did this morning, we are partaking of what? All that Jesus did for us, right? When we partake of communion, as we get new revelations, we are partaking, we are receiving, we are getting new revelation of who Jesus is for us on a daily basis. As you read the word, we get a new revelation of who Jesus is. We are receiving in that process all that Jesus is, all that he has accomplished, all that he has done for us. So it says here, according to the scripture, that God made Jesus wisdom for you. Now, 
Wisdom for me would look different than wisdom for Randy or wisdom for Jake or wisdom for Josh. Am I right? But it's whatever we're in need of. Wisdom in the areas of our lives. Wisdom to know how to run a heating and air conditioning business, right? Wisdom to know how to deal with customers. Wisdom to know how to deal with our boss. Wisdom to know how to, if you're in sales, how to make the sale. Come on, let's be real. It's wisdom to know how to do the things that we need to do. And it says God made Jesus wisdom for us. I love that picture. I want you to see that because he is wisdom already for you today. So as we receive it, know that his, the wisdom that God has for us is applicable to you. Repeat this. Christ has become wisdom for me. Christ has become wisdom for me. We have to get a revelation that he is wisdom for me, not just everybody else. It's easy to look, well, God, Christ is wisdom for Randy. Many times when we think of wisdom, we think, well, it's an age thing, right? Come on. Be real. Anybody ever thought that? Well, age comes, wisdom, you know, comes with age, right? It's, it is the world. And we, and we should. If, if we make mistakes, usually the longer we live, the more mistakes we'll make. And hopefully we'll learn from those mistakes. That's the idea. Hopefully I won't continue repeating those mistakes over and over and over. So we learn from those and we become wiser. But that's natural wisdom. That's natural wisdom by mistakes. But let me tell you, all old people are not wise. No offense, Ray. I don't mean that bad. There are people who are old that are not wise at all. So wisdom is not necessarily an age thing. Wisdom is a God thing. There are some people who have wisdom in the natural, but it is not an age thing. Wisdom is something from God. Now, I love this scripture. I want to look at it, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, same scripture, but in the Amplified. And I don't want it to be confusing, but I want to bring out just a simple part here. It says, but it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, whom made, whom made whom God made our wisdom from God. So God made Christ, him, Christ, wisdom from God. Now, this next part, it says, I'm going to keep looking at mine. Revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, our consecration, and our redemption. So wisdom from God, God made our wisdom, God made Christ, our wisdom from God, to manifest itself as righteousness, sanctification, and redemption in that order. So the very understanding that we have of Christ being our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption is a part of us receiving the wisdom of God. Wisdom of God is hearing the Spirit the Spirit is what confirms the righteousness in Christ. In other words, so if you are getting a revelation of the righteousness you are in Christ Jesus, it is because of the wisdom of God that he's beginning to place upon you a revelation of it. Come on. God made Jesus our wisdom, that wisdom being manifested as our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. The wisdom of God contains these three, righteousness first, then holiness and redemption. The first thing that wisdom will reveal to you is that you are righteous through Jesus. 
Wisdom will reveal to you that you are righteous through what Jesus did. This is what God has brought us to in the ministering of the past two years in this church. Preaching of truth about what Jesus is, about what Jesus has done. For the past two years, we've preached righteousness, holiness, and redemption. But it all came about as we emphasize, as, as we emphasize Jesus as our wisdom. Every time, every sermon that I preach, I, I, my goal is to point you to a new revelation of Jesus. While it may contain all kinds of other things, in the end, it always points to Jesus. Because in the end, that is where we find the truth of who we are in Christ. That's where we find the truth of where we stand, righteous today. Amen? And that is where righteousness, holiness, and redemption, it comes from. Jesus is our wisdom. In all that we do, we look to Jesus. Amen? He is our wisdom. So in everything that we do, we look to Jesus. If he was made wisdom for us, where else are we going to seek for wisdom? Go ahead. Keep looking for people who have made tons of mistakes and try to glean from their wisdom. That's what we oftentimes do. Dr. Phil, Oprah. You, I mean, we, we, we see these people as being so smart and so wise oftentimes in areas. In areas. But God's wisdom covers every area. Amen? Amen. If Christ was made wisdom for us, then we should be seeking out Christ to get true revelation of wisdom, get true wisdom in our lives. Amen. The first thing Jesus manifests in our life is wisdom when we receive him. Proverbs 4, verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. We've used that every week for the last three weeks because I think it's important for us to understand that if you make wisdom and favor your daily prayer, great things will happen because it says it is the principal thing for us as Christians to walk in. Wisdom is the principal thing for us as believers. So therefore, it's, if it's the principal thing, it's, one of, it's important for us to be able to understand and walk in the wisdom of God, to be able to ask. He was pleased when we ask for wisdom, so therefore, do not be afraid to ask. God loves and wants to prosper you. Do you believe that? We have to believe that, or otherwise, when God gives us wisdom and the benefits that come with it, riches and, riches and honor, I'm sorry, I apologize, riches and honor. When we get riches and honor, what will we do with it? Oh, I don't deserve that. That can't be from God. Come on. The truth of the matter is that God wants to prosper you. He loves you and wants to prosper you. Many times we want God to release the power to move in our situation rather than release the wisdom of God. We talked about this two weeks ago. If I'm in need of $1,000, God can, or let's say God releases a million dollars to somebody in this place. How many could use that? Come on, a million dollars. I'll take a million dollars, right? But if God releases to you a miracle and you receive a million dollars by some ancestor that you didn't know existed and that you're the only living heir and for some reason they finally track you down and you didn't even know this person existed and, you, and they left you a million dollars. Now you're a million dollars richer. God moved in a situation and now it's a miracle. You, are, you have a million dollars. But if God does not give you wisdom, that million dollars will leave you fast. Come on. So we want the miracle many times, but we don't want the wisdom. Come on. 
We want the miracle, but we don't want to take the time to get the wisdom. There's two ways God will cause things to happen in your life. Wisdom to be released. He releases his power. That's one. And the other is he gives you the wisdom to get it. So he's either going to move in power in your situation and it's going to happen, or he's going to give you wisdom and you're going to receive it through the wisdom of God on how to do it. Come on. What an incredible deal. Which is better? They're both of God. They are both of God. 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So they're both of God. Power and wisdom are both a package deal. They're both from God. But which is going to be better? Relying only upon God doing a miraculous situation every two weeks because we go back in the same situation? Or having a miracle on occasion but walking in the wisdom of God and being keen and knowing how to, how to, how to budget ourselves, how to walk in that Oh boy, the spirit just led me in something, but I better not. I don't want to be offense. I don't want to offend anybody. So, you know, I don't. I don't like talking about about eating situations, but we can have all kinds of procedures done because we're overweight and we haven't been able to keep control of things in our lives. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having procedures done. But many times we'll go back to the same lifestyle, never changing our lifestyle. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we can miss the benefits that that can have. God, can, God sends those procedures. He made them possible, gave, gave man wisdom, doctor's wisdom to know how to, how to fix those types of things and how to downsize your stomach. But if you never change the amount that you eat, those will go back to the same. Come on. So wisdom is knowing that there's things that need to change. Wisdom is knowing when you, yes, there's bankruptcy, there's forgiveness. If you've been down that road, everything can be white clean. It's a miracle, and God can use that to completely change your life. But if you never change the lifestyle, you'll go back to that same place again. Come on. And so there's, there's wisdom of God that he's going to give to us in every situation. He has miracles. He moves in power, but he also wants us to have the wisdom of God. And if we lack the wisdom, if we never ask for wisdom, never desire for the wisdom, we're going to miss the very benefits that he has for us because those are our short-term benefits because we go back to the same way that we were before. So we see that Christ is both power and wisdom for us as believers. Many believers want God to give them the power but fail to have the wisdom to handle that power. Come on, the power situation where God moves and a miracle happens. But we have failed to have the wisdom to know how to handle the power that he gives us. We need the power of God with the wisdom of God. We need the power of God with the wisdom of God. Wisdom is known is knowing who you are in Christ and knowing when to let go and let God. Wisdom is knowing how to what our part is and what God's part is. Come on. How many of you try to be God sometimes? <laughs> how many of you try to be God sometimes? We try to not only figure out how God's going to do it, but then help him do it. Help him do it. Figure out how he's going to do it, and then help him do it. 
What's your part? Wisdom is knowing what's your part and what's God's part. Quit trying to be God and let him do his part. You know, there's a story that was told, uh, Joseph Prince told, uh, I heard a couple months ago, and he was telling a story about uh, two guys who were in an in a, uh, insane institution, you know, an insanity institution, and um, they had all the nice cushioned walls and all the nice things, and I don't know if they were in the straight jackets or not, but they were buddies in this institution, but, you know, you can only imagine how much was there. But anyway, the one guy looked at his friend, and he said, uh, he told him, that I'm Jesus Christ. And the other guy goes, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. I'm Jesus Christ. He goes, you are not Jesus Christ. He said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. He said, who told you you were Jesus Christ? The guy looked at him and said, God did. He said, no, I didn't. (laughs) So the other guy thought he was God. Anyway. How many of you know it's not our part to try to be God? It's not our part to try to take his job. He's got a part in it. But if we try to take it into our hands to figure out everything and how he's going to do it, wisdom is knowing what our part is and what God's part is and allowing him to do his part. If we take it into our hands, he'll sit back and let us do it. He will sit back and let us do it. He'll let us worry about it. But when we remember, we go back to that teaching I did a couple months ago about resting. When we rest, he goes to work. He goes to work in our behalf. He goes to work in our behalf. But if we're working at it and we're striving to do it, he sits back and lets us have our results. That's painful. That's wisdom, learning hard knocks. You'll learn real fast. Our results aren't, aren't near as good. Wisdom is knowing the difference between what is our part and what is his part. We need to know our part. But wisdom will show us What is our part? Does anybody know what is our part? To rest? Simply believe. Our part is to simply believe. See, if we just, I mean, we can rest, but I can can force myself to rest. But unless I have Jesus Christ, I can't rest because I don't know what to rest on. Are you understanding? We have to have something to rest upon. I can come out here and I can just sit down right here, but if I don't have a chair... I don't have anything to trust or rest on. But if I have a chair, I can trust and rest that the chair is going to hold me for the most part. I've had him fail. But not Jesus. Come on. But that's exactly, we have to have something to trust and rest in. So Jesus is who we trust and rest in. Just like I sit in that chair and I rest, you're resting, you're trusting. You didn't even, you didn't have a thought in your mind that that chair wouldn't hold you this morning. That's how he wants us to be with him. When we can sit and just rest. Hey, you know what? And that's when our lives go from this roller coaster to being able to be more steady. Because no longer are we emotionally up and down. One day's good, one day's bad. Job's bad, job's good. Job's bad, job's good. Family's bad, family's good. Children are this, children are that, whatever. Physically up and down, up and down. Not that those things change, but we begin to be able to rest in our lifestyle. We're able to walk in a consistency in the good and in the bad. Yes, we have those high times. Praise God. And they're exciting and they're great. But in the low times, we're not dragging butt into church. Come on. We are still, I'm sorry, I apologize if I offend anybody on that. We are still coming in here and we still are trusting and resting. We know that Jesus is good. I'm not going to worship any different. He didn't change who he is. He's not pacing the floor worried about my situation. He is still consistent. He's good to his word. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Our part is to believe. God is the miracle worker. Our part is to simply believe. I used to think that everything God did was contingent on me doing or not doing something. Come on, anybody else? Everything God does is, is contingent upon what I do, doing something or not doing something. And if I think I have to do something, then he can do nothing. If I think it's contingent upon me, he can do nothing in that situation. But when I understand it's him that does it, he can then move. If I know my part is to rest and believe, then he can do something in my situation. That's when he can then move in my situation. Our part is to believe. God's part is to perform. Amen? Aren't you glad we're not on the performance wheel? We're not the hamster on the wheel running, performing, performing, performing. We simply rest and believe, and he performs. He performs. He moves in our situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, there are some people around us today and they seem to have, and we talked about this, whether it be, you know, there's people who we look at and we think, man, they're wise in this area or that area. They are so smart. They're really, I mean, they're extremely good in finances or maybe they're really good in business. Everything they touches. I know a guy lives up near Columbus and uh, has actually been to church here, but is a millionaire. I mean, he is so, I mean, he is extremely smart with money, extremely smart with business stuff, buys up, buys homes and buys them this way and that way and sells them. And I mean, he just, and he, then he has all kinds of different types of businesses he's got his fingers into and involved in. And I think to myself, man, and he's young. I think to myself, man, he's got some wisdom in those areas. And he's a Christian, but there's, it's incredible. And so we know people who in the natural are wise. They, they just seem to have natural wisdom. Amen. Even non-believers. Come on who just, they seem to be wise, right? But I want you to remember that all wisdom is a gift from God. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. All good gifts and all perfect gifts, all good and perfect gifts come from above. They're from God. So the world has the good. We have the perfect Come on. There are gifts that are given. The good gifts come from creation. There are people who are born with giftings and abilities. They're just, I mean, they're keen. Some of geniuses, you know, you know these people who graduate at 12 years old, you know. I mean, they're just, they're smart. It's like, oh, my goodness. They never had that problem. But, you know, so they're, so they're extremely smart in the natural. And so you look at that as, wow. But some of these gifts the good gifts come from creation, but the perfect gifts come from redemption. They're through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ was made wisdom for us by God. They are through redemption. They're not through us in, in the natural, only through Jesus Christ. Amen? God made Christ wisdom for us. So they're, they're ours. The perfect gifts are ours through redemption. It doesn't matter how wisdom how wisdom how much wisdom the others may have, the wisdom God gives will far surpass all the wisdom of this world. Solomon was wise, but he did not have an advocate, even as we do today. Jesus is wiser than Solomon. I don't know if anybody knew that or not. Come on. Jesus is wiser than Solomon, and we, he is now our wisdom today. So therefore, we have wisdom beyond what even Solomon had. 
Come on. We look at Solomon and think, man, that's amazing. But we have wisdom today because of Jesus beyond even what Solomon had. When we ask God for wisdom, there are three common results. How many of you guys want to hear the three common results that come through asking God for wisdom? Because maybe, here's the deal. Maybe we've had wisdom manifest in our lives and we've never recognized it. Come on. Because we expect it to look a certain way. We expect it to be, we've already tried to be God and figure out how it's going to look. Wisdom has comes in many types of ways, but one of the three most common ways is, number one, God moves the problem. In other words, power is moved in that situation. He moves the problem. Whatever it is that's, that you're going through, you need wisdom in, the result is he simply moves in your situation, and it, and it completely removes the, the problem that's there. Amen? How many of you ever experienced that? It's called power. It's called a miracle. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Number two is God gives the wisdom to God gives you the wisdom on how to steer yourself, your family, your business out of your trouble or to make the trouble work and to make the trouble work for your good. He will help you have wisdom and insight to know how to steer yourself in another direction to go around it. And a good example of that is is um when I was working down at uh, UofL a couple years back, and many of you have heard this story, but I was working, and, and uh, the job that I went in doing, there was only a certain number of guys that were there, and they only kept them so long. Once they got done with a certain part, they laid off all the guys that were involved in that aspect, and only ones that were kept were the ones that could do the other parts. And uh, in the midst of that, I come to the end. They were getting ready. I didn't realize it, but all of a sudden, they were getting ready to lay off. Everybody who was there just to do um, the framing and that type of work. Well, I didn't realize that, and one of the guys come up to me who I had received favor from. He was a drywaller, and that he was going to be there for weeks. And he said, do you do drywall? I said, well, I, I can. He said, well, bring your tools. He said, I'll have you start helping me. And immediately started helping him. And he said, I don't know if you'll get laid off tomorrow, but if you can do mudding, he said, they'll keep you, and it'll be a little bit longer. And... So I went and brought my tools, and I started following him, and I, I learned quickly some of the tricks to it, and he showed me, and God gave me favor in that situation. But there was wisdom, and in the midst of, instead of being laid off then, I ended up getting three more weeks of work out of that situation. Are you understanding? Wisdom of God gives you ways to maneuver yourself, and he gives you, it's not, it's not being crooked, it's not being dishonest. He gives you wisdom on how to go around things that happen, trouble, problems in the natural, that then you do not, you get to, overt or move around, maneuver around situations that normally would be there in your life. Wisdom will do that for you. When everybody else is getting this, you're for some reason going to get a way around. Come on. Favor. And it's seen as favor. Amen? But wisdom gives us that ability to be able to maneuver our family, to be able to miss things that happen gives us wisdom to change things, to maneuver around those type of situations. So that's number two. Number three is sometimes if none of those things happen, maybe God doesn't, the power of God doesn't move in a situation, just change, or you don't, you're not able, you don't maneuver around, that doesn't happen, nothing happens, nothing changes, the problem's still there. How many of you know that you can still have a peace? Sometimes it is wisdom of God is simply a peace and a knowing that God is still going to take care of the situation, trusting that God's still there. 
and that you're going you're gonna to go through this. Oh, I don't know why. You know, I did get laid off. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm not going to worry because I know God is my supply. Come on. Having a peace. Wisdom is to be able to walk in a peace even in the midst of the storm. Amen? So those are the three most common ways. I know I'm holding up two hands, two fingers there. Three of the most common ways. If you ask God for wisdom, God will always answer that prayer. Because it pleases him when we ask for wisdom. It pleases God when we ask for wisdom. Many times we think to ourselves, well, do I ask? Do I not? Do I, what should I do? What should I do in this situation? And it's sometimes the last thing we think of asking for. Because we look in the natural first. And then we, oh, you know what? God, I need you to move. Or oftentimes we ask for a miracle before we ask for the wisdom. God, I need a miracle. But the truth of the matter is that in the midst of asking for a miracle, next time we ask for a miracle, ask for wisdom too. Ask for wisdom. Because he will move in power in a miracle, but he wants to release to us wisdom also. When Jesus sent out his disciples, I want you to catch this. He told them something very interesting. And I want you to see this scripture. It's very interesting here. What he told them. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. You got that up there? All right. Matthew 10, 16. This is what Jesus told his disciples before he sent them out. Behold, I send you out as sheep as sheep in the midst of wolves. Doesn't sound like a very enjoyable place to be. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Wise as serpents and and harmless as doves. Now, many Christians, many believers, we understand, you know, the concept of what a dove is. A dove represents peace, and it represents the Spirit. It represents all the, you know, giving and all the things that God, Jesus, was. And so we've got that part down. We know how to give. When somebody, we know how to have compassion. We know how to do those things as believers. We know how to walk in that. Somebody comes to the door, and or somebody's homeless. We, we ha- we're moved with compassion. We know that part. But do we know how to be wise as a serpent? Awfully quiet here. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're oftentimes moved with compassion to give to somebody, but wisdom is knowing God may tell you, you know what? That person there is going to be ruined if you give them $20 because of their addiction that they have. Go get them food instead of giving them $20. You understand what I'm saying? Go get them this or go help them in this way. Find out what they need. Are you understanding? Wisdom is not just moving with compassion and just, you know, throwing it, but it's being wise as a serpent, catching things, being keen. That thing of being wise as a serpent is to be be keen, to be alert, to catch things. You start talking to somebody, being wise as a serpent will help you catch things in conversations, to be able to know the truth about situations. A good example of this is we were eating Friday night, and uh, we were able to begin to share the hope of Jesus Christ with our waitress at the place that we were eating. And as you, as I began to hear, think about the scripture, I began to think, you know what? That's exactly where he wants us to be wise as a serpent, to be able to catch what is happening. It doesn't mean you're evil, but a serpent, you know, is very, he doesn't just, bloom, everything that comes to his mind, bloom, throw it out his mouth. No. They're very, you think of a serpent, they're very quiet, but when they speak, it has a power to it. Come on. When a, when a snake moves, it has a purpose to it, right? So there's purpose to our movements, there's purpose to it. God gives us wisdom in every movement that we make, every word that we speak that is for a purpose, is not just throwing things out there. Wise as a serpent. 
This verse says to be wise as a serpent. Be wise, cunning, sharp, keen to catch things by the wisdom of God. God gave Solomon wisdom during the night in a dream. How many of you guys have ever had a dream? You ever wondered? You know, many times wisdom is released to us in a dream. So we've had dreams. See, guys? How many of you ever wondered if your dream, you ever had a dream about God, about Jesus, maybe about angels? Come on, anybody ever had dreams about angels or that type of thing? And you wondered, was that, was that, a, uh, was that a spiritual dream? Was that, did that have meaning? Anybody ever wondered if your dream had meaning? Come on, I do. I've had dreams I've known were meant something. I've also had dreams that I wondered, you know, many times. How many of you ever thought, you know, i got to go talk to somebody? How many of you know that you don't have to talk to somebody? Ask God. See, before God only spoke to the priests, but now the Spirit of God dwells where? In you. You can hear God for yourself. Many times we've been made, and many of this goes back to kind of some of the Catholicism and all that, going back to the priest. We believe that everything comes through the leadership. But God speaks to us. He speaks to you. He wants to speak to you for your life. He wants to bring revelation of what a dream means, if it has meaning. No, it doesn't mean don't, uh, you know, Solomon still surrounded himself with wise counsel. It doesn't mean you don't bounce things off of people. It doesn't mean you don't ask. But ask God to speak to you. Ask him to show you if that dream had meaning. He wants to reveal it to you. But so dreams oftentimes have meaning, but many times we wonder, was that, was that, did that have meaning, God? Or was that the pepperoni pizza I ate last night? Come on. What, what was that? I dream a lot when I'm sick. If I have a fever, I have the worst nights because I dream all night long. And they're not, you know, they're not, they're not good sleeps. Anybody else like that? Is that just me? I, I, if I, that's about the, I don't, I don't dream very often. So when I have a dream, I usually go, well, was that, you know, I question it because I don't dream that awful much. God can appear to you in a dream. And what God does to you in a dream can be just as real as if he met you in person. But isn't it interesting that God oftentimes met people in dreams? God speaks to people or released wisdom. He released wisdom to Solomon through a dream. Isn't that interesting? What are we doing when we're sleeping? We're resting. At our point of rest, God can speak into our lives. And it can be just as real as if we're standing there next to where he is right there in a dream. But it's at our point of rest. It's one of the only times some of us ever have silent. It's some of the only times that we don't have something going into us or out of us or, you know, taking in. We got TV on. We got a radio on. We got something going on all the time. Many times our sleeping is the only time that we have silence and we're at rest. Come on. So isn't it interesting that it's, it's in those times that, that God, that's when God oftentimes speaks. If you're not sure, oh, we already covered that. Psalms 127 verse 2 says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. In other words, he gives us rest. 
But I love even more how it says it in the Amplified. I want you to catch this. In the Amplified, it says, For he gives blessings to his beloved in or during sleep. He gives to us or blesses us, his beloved, during our sleep, in our sleep. So that goes, and I love the Amplified because it goes back to the original oftentimes the Greek, and it gets the, finds the true meanings of it. So it even draws a better picture. It's not just giving you sleep, Jim, but God is looking for opportunities to bless you and give to you while you are in your sleep. Love that picture. He is going to give to us. God can give you wisdom and gifts while you're sleeping, the covenant of God with Abraham was while a covenant that God gave to Abraham was while he was asleep. God called the most beautiful and lovely of all of his creation whenever he was in the garden while man was asleep. Come on. God put man into a sleep. He pulled the rib and made woman. <laughs> you, were, you were thinking that, but you said it out loud. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> Good things happen when we are asleep, just not during my sermon. Good things happen when we're asleep, amen? Good things happen. Many times, how many of you know people who cannot sleep? We're missing out on the blessings of God when we cannot sleep, when we fail to enter into a rest while we're sleeping. It says the blessings of God are given during our sleep, while we are in our sleep. God works the night shift. Amen? God works when men's efforts come to an end. God works when we come to an end in our efforts. Proverbs 14.33 says, Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But what is in the heart of fools is made known. Wisdom what? Rests in the hearts of men. Wisdom rests. It's a rest that comes to us. Wisdom is a rest that comes to us in the hearts of men. It's not a striving. It's not a trying to achieve something. It is a rest. I love that description there of wisdom. Wisdom has two arms. We talked about this last week, and I'm not going to go into it long. But I want you to see something here in Proverbs 3, verse 13, and then we're going to look at verse 16. So we're going to jump through this a little bit. But happy is the man who finds wisdom. So we're going to be happy when we find wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. Jump down to verse 16. And it says, length of days are in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. So wisdom has two arms, two hands. And I love this picture here because length of days is in her right hand. But what's interesting about this is as I began to study, and I don't have time to go into all of it today, but, or actually I didn't, I didn't prepare for it today, but I wanted to be able to share this with you. Scripture says that Solomon became king at a very young age. The estimations are probably somewhere around 20 years old, 20, 22, maybe 25, 25 years old. But he only ruled as king over Israel for 40 years, and then he died. Now, you do the math. How old was he? 60? 65? If he was maybe 30, let's say he was 30, that would still only make him 70 years old. Now, what does it say here in this scripture, this last scripture? Length of days are in his right hand. He received the second part, riches and honor. 
but length of days he did not receive. Why is that? I said this earlier that he did not have an advocate. I want to go back to that. He did not have an advocate. I want to go look at a scripture here. So Solomon had the left hand, but not the right hand of wisdom. He had the left hand. He had riches and honor, but the length of days he did not have. Right? 1 Kings 3.14, this is the part where God gave him the wisdom. It says, so if you walk in my ways, this is when he was given the wisdom of God. He says, so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So based upon that, let me tell you, I don't think Solomon did that. I don't think he was able to keep all the commandments, all the laws. Today, do we keep God's commandments and laws for God to lengthen our days? Come on. Do we have to keep all of the commandments and laws? No, because we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. Christ is the end of the law and and righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end of the law. For us as believers, that's what we partook of whenever we took. That's what the new covenant is. When we partake of the juice, which represents his blood, it says, do this in remembrance because of the new covenant I make with you. What is that new covenant? If you don't know, we're not going to do it today. Look at Hebrews, read Hebrews chapter 8. It will be a revelation to you of what that is one of the greatest revelations I've had in the past, I would say, 10 years of being a Christian believer, is what the truth of the new covenant means for us as believers who we are under the new covenant because it completely wipes away trying to be under the law and striving. The new covenant is what Jesus has done for us. So see here, Solomon did not have length of days because he did not have an advocate. He he fell short in obeying all the commandments and laws of God. But now today for us, we no longer under that law because of what Jesus has done for us. So therefore, when we read this, We know that Christ is the end of the law. Righteousness is to everyone who believes. And I want you to see in Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. His what? It is his righteousness that upholds us. What hand of wisdom was it? That was length of days, the right hand. And he says he will uphold us with his righteous right hand. Come on. For us as believers, his righteous right hand was Jesus. And it stands there to hold us righteous today, not by ourselves. So therefore, the righteousness, wisdom's right hand, which is length of days, is for us who understand that we are righteous through Jesus' blood. We are righteous through the blood of Jesus. Amen. God says, I will uphold you with with the right hand of my righteousness. So once Jesus is your righteousness and not the law, it will lengthen your days. Wow. Come on. When we understand that Jesus is our righteousness, length of days will be ours because we're no longer under the law, but our righteousness is through Jesus. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Had somebody say, you need to quit saying that over yourself. I immediately thought of you whenever I read that scripture. You're not going to die before you're 60, by the way. 
But I immediately think of it, it catches me when people say something like, well, I don't expect to live this long, or I don't expect to live past this long, or I don't expect to this, or I'll be gone before that ever happens. No, you won't. Because we have a positive expectation of what God has done for us. Yes, outside of Jesus, you're right. But with Jesus Christ, we have a positive expectation. Uh, Abraham and Sarah bore a child at way past childbearing age. And it was the blessing of God, blessing and favor of God that was upon them. Speak the life of Abraham and Sarah upon our lives. Amen? Claim Jesus as your righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on. Say it. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. As you speak that, as that goes into your spirit, length of days is being added to us. Come on. Because it says that he is our righteous. The right, mighty right hand upholds us. His mighty right hand upholds us. The devil wants to uh, wants you Wow, my spelling was bad last night. The devil wants you conscious of yourself. Amen? He wants us to look at ourselves introspectively. He wants us to see ourselves. Look at ourselves. Continually uh, looking at ourselves at what we do. He wants us conscious of yourself. What you've done wrong. What you've done right. God wants you conscious of Jesus. God wants us conscious of Jesus. God does not look at you today to judge you. God looks at Jesus to judge you, and he sees perfection. As he is, so are you. As he is, is he righteous today? Absolutely. He is righteous, otherwise he could not have ascended to the right hand of the Father. God can have no part with anything that's not clean. Therefore, when he died, he took on every bit of our sin, every bit of our sin nature, and he died at the cross. And when he raised, it is no longer there. We were raised with him. Therefore, we are clean. We are righteous today. Otherwise, he could not be at the right hand of the Father. Where are we? Just as he is today, lacking nothing. He has no need. He has nothing lacking in his life. He says, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen? As he is, so are we today. Don't see your actions, see Jesus. He is your righteousness. Don't see your actions, see Jesus. Because Jesus has been made wisdom for us today. Amen? Jesus has been made wisdom for us. So today, that was, that was the final part. I wanted you to see that Jesus is our wisdom. He has been made wisdom for us. Where does he dwell? His spirit dwells in us. Therefore, you have all the wisdom you need. Receive it and begin to listen and be guided by it. Have a hearing and listening heart to what the Spirit is telling us and know that today you are righteous and he wants to lead you into all the benefits, the right arm and the left arm of wisdom. Length of days and riches and honor are yours today. Length of days and riches and honor. Whatever you're in need of today, just receive it because it's an already finished work for us at the cross through Jesus. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. You guys are getting out 15 minutes early today. All right. Praise God. It must be a miracle. Praise God. Hallelujah. We'll just close your eyes for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just praise you, Father God. We thank you that you are our righteousness. 
Lord, I thank you that you have made Jesus wisdom for us today. That it's not a striving, it's not a trying to receive, but Father God, wisdom is for us today. Your wisdom and understanding, Father God, give us a hearing heart to hear your Spirit's leading, to be led into all wisdom in our lives. Lord, help us to receive the fullness of who you are. Lord, I thank you that we can walk in the benefits of your right, of wisdom's right and left hand. That length of days are ours today. And riches and honor are ours today, Father God, as benefits of walking in the wisdom of God in our lives. And walking in your wisdom, Father God, you will, you will guide us and lead us to maneuver us around situations. Father, I thank you that we can expect good things in our lives. Lord, I thank you that, Father God, we can, we can expect you to lead us and guide us to, to minister the truth of who you are to us as we rest in the righteousness that we are through Jesus. That you will uphold us, Father God, with your mighty right hand. You will uphold us with your righteous, mighty right hand. Father, I thank you for this today. Lord, I pray that you continue to drive this into our spirits. That would receive the fullness of who you are and, and walk in the benefits of all that you have for us, Father God. We just thank you for it and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.